Uh, feel free. I think that covers. Is that good, Aim? Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Uh, so X Games, can anyone get down to the X Games? Kind of a big thing. Anyone like totally not even know the X Games are coming until like yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple people like that. I know. It just hasn't been on, on the radar and like, oh, the X Games are here. Uh, super cool. I watched some of the, uh, watched that live yesterday or Saturday. Yesterday, Saturday, maybe Friday. And it's really amazing. It was like this huge ramps by the water. The water was blue. Like the sky was blue. The sun was out. And like, and they're, like they're just loving on Ventura. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, that doesn't look right. Why, what does the beach look like that? You know, it was just like a rainbow. And it was like dolphins and waves. And I, every time I go to the beach, it's gray and flat. So I don't know where they were getting that from. But it worked. And I'm, I'm happy for the city. It was fun to watch. But uh, leading up to the, the event, there was a, a kickoff show, a concert, that Josh, uh, Josh Murray uh, enlightened me too, and a couple of us went down to it. It's a band called Downhill Jam. Uh, and if you haven't heard of this band, there's good reason. This is a cover band that only covers songs found in the Tony Hawk Pro Skater video game, right? Yeah. And while they're playing, a guy named Andy, who's the best Tony Hawk Pro Skateboarder in the world, literally, he plays the games on his huge screen behind the band. Like, this is the height of skateboarding nerdism. It is just full-blown nerds just loving, loving the moment. And during the welcome, uh, when the, kind of when the front man gets up and he says, hey, was anyone there when you know, Tony Hawk pulled the 900 at the X Games in, in 99, I think it was? There's like one or two hands go up in the room and people were cheering. And, and he said, well, there was another person there besides Tony Hawk. We'd like to welcome that person to the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tony Hawk. And like Tony Hawk comes up on stage and people are just going crazy. I mean, phones are out. We're stunned. It was not expected. And if you don't know who Tony Hawk is, he's like, he's a Michael Jordan of skateboarding. Is that fair? Uh, Kelly Slater, he's a, he's a huge personality. He's, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, industry guy, all around good, good human being, it seems like, as far as I know. And we saw him, we were just loving on him. He has this great moment. Just people are just smiling and going crazy. And he leaves, like, kind of quickly goes out the back door. I'm like, well done. Like, he showed up to this little, little event in Ventura. It wasn't that many people there, but uh, go figure. And he goes out the back. <laughs> we were loving it, right, Josh? We were, we were happy to be there. And Matt and Jet were there as well. And Matt, did you love it? Matt loved it. So there you go. Stamp of approval. And he leaves uh, he at the back, I'm like, man, that was incredible. They play a whole set. There's even people coming out, like, hey, we got a guy from Trombone, and someone came and helped with some like, other songs. It's a really fun set. And they're closing out. They have one more song to go, like, oh, we want to welcome one more person to help us sing this song. And Tony Hawk comes back out and helps sing this closing song. It's like a Ramon song. It was just incredible. And people are like jumping around and dancing and kind of moshing and smiling and just glowing. And it was just like this transcendent moment. Again, skateboarding nerdism probably wouldn't have felt that way to some of you. But for me, I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, this is the best show I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> but I think whether it was that or something else, <clears throat> What we're getting at is that some of, most of us can remember being in some kind of atmosphere like that where it's just electric, right? Where there's this space or a building and things and there's people and there's objects. You know, it's sports, it's a stadium, but there's something more to the moment. Like there's something else happening. There's more to, to, what, to life than just what we see. Where if you walked into that room and just saw it and I didn't hear it or feel it, it's like, oh, there's a show and there's people. But there's something more going on. There's something happening, right? We feel that, again, sometimes a, a certain song or a concert or a sporting event or a kid's sporting event. It's, it's religion, it's spirituality. Hopefully spirituality feels like that to you, to you in some extent. There's an atmosphere, there's electricity. There's something that transcends everything that we just see with our eyes. 
Right? There's more to it than, than flesh and blood and, and sinew and water and hair and, and tattoos. And this is what we're going to establish. This is the baseline of faith. Acknowledging, like, you know, I think there is more to life than just what we see. It's not just about being practical and getting my needs met. Because we encounter these moments that just feel, they feel spiritual. Right? Whether, again, that's at a baseball game or, or, or a concert or you're on a hike, you, you feel that. Right? Some of us are on a journey with or kind of away from God. Maybe you're moving toward, toward God. You're trying to figure out, is he real? Is there something there? This is a case I would say, yes, there's something more to life than what we see. Some of us are kind of in a stagnant place. You haven't felt anything like that in a long time. Right? Where maybe you're in exploration of God. Some of us are in like stagnation with God. Like, I don't know. I, I just do my life and I'm hopeful I get to heaven when it's all done. Hebrews 11 says this about faith. It's a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is this idea of the things that are not seen that we hope for. We hope for. And again, the baseline is acknowledging, yeah, maybe there is something else. Because some of us are still in that place. I'm still kind of figuring out if there is something else. Some of us, yeah, I think there is something else. But you don't seem to live in those moments very often. So it's like, well, if there is something else and those moments are afforded to us, how do I access more of that? Right? How do I live a life that feels more full of faith? And some of these things are catching on around the world. If you've heard about the blue zones, this kind of interesting study on the most concentrated areas of centurions in the world, so people have lived into the hundreds. And aside from things they look at like diet and climate, some of the traits associated with longevity are being spiritual, are, are, are being connected to a religion, are having purpose. Uh, having older and young people doing life together, of having a healthy social network, of living in community. And so this study, it goes beyond just like, well, eat whole foods, eat, try to eat organic foods, you know, exercise, which is part of it. But it is something harder to measure. Like there's something else. There's something else out there, something that's harder to see. And so we're going to keep this in mind today as we're going to look at this passage in John 6. We won't read the whole thing. It's a little bit, it's a little bit lengthy, but we're going to go through this, this passage that Jesus is explaining kind of who he is in contrast to some of the expectations. And we'll actually declare that he is the bread of life. He's the bread of life. Like, what does that mean? Well, he says, I'm the bread of life. And what sets this up when Jesus says, I'm the bread of life in John 6, there's this story in the beginning earlier in John 6. It's the feeding of the 5,000. And many of us are familiar with this story, have heard this story. There's this miraculous feeding where people have been following Jesus for days. They're on the hillside. They're in the country. They're, they don't have access to, sh to shopping. Right? They don't have like Uber Eats or, or whatever. They're just kind of stuck out there on the hillside. And they're getting hungry. It was all fun. They're all following Jesus. Oh, we, we're with you, Jesus. And they're like, oh, now we're kind of hungry. And, and the disciples say, well, should we send them, send them away? And again, no, don't send them away. Let's take care of this. And there's this amazing kind of this display of Jesus' power and, and of sharing and of generosity and his distribution. These fishes and loaves go out. And everyone eats. Everyone's full. There's some left over. So there's this great story about food, about bread, about filling their stomachs. And the crowd sees Jesus like, oh my gosh, this guy can meet, meet our physical needs like this? This is truly going to be the king. And Jesus saw this. It says this. After the people saw the sign, this is in uh, John 6, 14. After they see this miracle, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Like they're looking for this savior. This has got to be the guy. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, because they're, they're like, heck yeah, we've got to make this guy king. Look what he just did. We'll never go hungry again. Right? We're impervious against famine. This guy could just make food out of nowhere. 
Jesus hears us like, no, I'm not ready for this. This is not what I'm about. He withdraws to a mountain by himself. So he just gets away. It's like, okay, I, I, this is not my time. You got the wrong idea about me. And he pulls away. Because Jesus, for Jesus, he noticed the crowds were seeing him merely as someone who can meet their physical needs. Make their life better. Right? Make them feel better in that moment. So he pulls back. And they track him down. It says they track him down. There's a sign of Jesus. They track him down eventually. And they ask him, like, Rabbi, like, how did you get here? How did you get here? And he says to them this. Truly, I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves you had your fill. Like, you guys, you're kind of missing it. You're just thinking with your stomachs. Do not work for the food that spoils, but for the food that endures eternal life to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has placed a seal of approval. So they're listening to this, like, okay, well, what do we do here? What's this deal all about? Well, so they ask him, well, what sign are you going to give us? Like, you're the guy, what will you do? So our ancestors, they had this experience with manna in the wilderness. Remember the Exodus story, the people are on the verge of starvation, this, this sort of magical bread, this manna comes out of, out, out of, the, out of nowhere, out of thin air, and it, and it provides. This is written, he gave them bread to eat. And Jesus goes on and said, well, truly, I tell you, it wasn't Moses who gave the bread from heaven, but it's the Father who gives it to you, the true bread. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And so they start to ask, like, Lord, give us this bread. What's up with this bread? How do we get this, how do we get this bread? And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. He goes on to say, for I have come down from heaven. He says, I have come down from heaven, not to do the will, not to do my will, but to do the will of him, he who sent me. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall receive eternal life. So he answers them, and at this, at this, the, the people begin to grumble. Like, what are you talking about? You're the, you're the guy. What are you talking about? You're the bread of life. What are you talking about? You came down from heaven. What are you talking? You, you, we know you. We know you didn't come down from heaven. You were born in a manger. You're a carpenter's son. And so Jesus, in this passage, says, hey, here's what you need to know. This is what I'm talking about. He who believes enters into eternal life. Then he explains, I am eternal life, and they don't believe him. They don't believe him. Like, they grumble. Like, ah, I don't like that. I'm not buying that claim. I'm not backing that, Jesus. And bread in the Bible, this idea of bread... In the Bible, talked about nearly 500 times all over the Bible. And it's provisional, right? Bread is provisional survival. It's the manna in the desert story. Bread, yeah, they, it, it sustained them. It's in the New Testament, give us this day our daily bread. It's a reminder that God is provider or Jireh. Bread's so important. Bread is life and salvation in the Bible. When Israel, Israel rushed out of Egypt, out of slavery, they picked up their bread dough. It says they, they carried it off on their shoulders in bowls or they wrapped it in their clothes. They took the bread to sustain them in the wilderness. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Not the bread of your stomach, the bread of life. I will provide nourishment. And yes, I will help meet your physical needs. I will provide nourishment for the body. But more importantly, I will provide nourishment for the soul. Right? We still use bread today. We utilize it in communion. It's a symbol of Jesus. And today, especially like where we live, like we have a mixed relationship with bread. For honest, right? Bread of life? Mm, no thanks. I don't do bread. You got protein life, Jesus? Paleo, keto, 
gluten-free, carb-free, calorie-free. Right? We have the luxury where we live in the world of, of diet. And I'm not saying we don't, some of us need the diet. I'm not knocking that, right? But it's kind of a luxury. Right? If there weren't the options, we'd kind of like, oh, there's got to be more options. There's got to be something else, wrong. or I don't do it. Again, it's not saying it's bad. Like, do you? But at this time, people knew what bread meant. And I always wonder if God assumed, like, you know what? I need a symbol for Jesus that's, like, provisional and life. I'm going to use bread. Everyone likes bread. Who could ever have anything against bread? And yet now I'm like, eh, I'm not really doing bread right now. But this idea of bread for the people. And even if you don't do bread or it's hard for you to do bread, you can imagine bread, good bread, warm, fresh, baked bread. And throughout the Bible, this is a symbol. It's a representation of God's life-sustaining provision. The bread of life that Jesus represents, he says, never perishes. It doesn't spoil. It doesn't run out. Jesus is saying, lean into that. You depend on bread to live. Now, depend on me. And this is a mindset, mindset shift. And this is something that we all are living in, this tension here, from the temporal. So temporal meaning uh, in our time relating to practical matters or physical things. This is the temporal. We live in a temporal world rather than eternal things, spiritual ones, beyond. And we kind of exist in both at the same time. So the crowds went in search of Jesus, not because they had understood the miracle, because they had, he had filled their appetites. And the people are so caught up in the day-to-day, the treadmill of getting their needs met, providing food for their hungry bellies and families. Like This was their motivation. This is where they lived. This is where many of us live. We wake up and think about, what do I have to do today to get that bread? What do I have to do today to provide bread? Right? Now, again, I'm not saying that doesn't exist. Jesus, Jesus is just saying, okay, yes, you're designed, you need that, but also there's something deeper and bigger and better about life for the soul. Our life so much is over here just on the, on the regular bread. Like we fill up on the regular bread. Our calendars are full of just the regular bread. And we, we, we kind of get so much into that life, into our temporal lives, that we're full of the temporal lives. That we don't have time or interest or longing even for the bread of life. That you say, yeah, I, I understand you need that, but it, there's also something over here. The things of Jesus, the bread of life. Right? Our minds are so much on just what we see, what we have or don't have, or, or, or what you can get or you can't get. Right? And there's this other path. You say, yeah, listen, all that stuff, that bread, yeah, that, you need that, but it's, it spoils. Right? This, this temporal world spoils. There's a shelf life on it, on our things. They don't come with us. Again, yes, we have to live here. We cannot pretend those things don't exist. Jesus is saying, also, notice this. Notice the bread of life. So I'm not the bread of just your stomach, right? I'm not just the, the bread of the calendar or your, your body image or, or your bank account or popularity or connection you know, to whoever. It's like, I'm, I'm access to the Father. I'm the bread of life. When Jesus talks about life, because sometimes we get kind of like, ah, what's Jesus' life about? It seems hard. Like, but his life is talking about it's abundant. It's fulfilling. It's life in the Spirit. It's, an, it's a life touching the eternal alongside our life here and now. It's an exciting life. Again, not to say we ignore the temporal. We have to, we have to live here. We should live here well. 
but to remind ourselves there are moments to be had, blessings to be found, encounters to encounter, and love to be overflowed beyond what we just see. Beyond what you preach, beyond what we just see on our phones, right? If Tony Hawk can bring a moment, and he did, like how much more can God bring? How much more can God impact our life? Make the hair stand up on your arms. But we fill up on the wrong bread. Again, I'm not knocking your schedule and what you have to do. We have to do stuff. But we don't want to miss out on this. It's like filling up before the meal. Now the worship team come up. Actually, we'll start to wrap up a little bit. My dog, you know, some of you know my dog. It's a super annoying dog. <laughs> Whatever, we love our dog, but she is. Penny the Chawini dog. She's like, she's like part dachshund, part pug, part Chawini. She's super lazy. She sleeps on the couch like all day, if not in our bed. But there's a time she gets off the couch to the bed, especially in the morning. She'll be like on the bed just dead asleep, snoring. Like, but like pretty far across our house in our kitchen, if she hears the clink of a dish or the rattle of a pan, that thing comes running out of its sleep. You hear its little claws like, oh, I need that, I need that. Like she just can't control it. Listen, don't be like my dog. Right? Don't be so motivated by the next piece of bread you can get, next bit of money you can get, next you know, popularity thing you can win, next post you can get likes on. Like, ah, oh, you're just like driven by that. I mean, to back away from that sometimes. Okay, okay. We lean into a God that's here with us every day. He's here with us at school, at church, at, at, at work. He's here with us at sports, in every moment, in every heartbreak, in every story. Now, we don't have to just wait till the week to go by so we can get here maybe have a few minutes with him. And he's there in the morning. He's there at night. He's there on your walks and on your runs. He's there when you meet your neighbor. Like, that's the bread of life. What could happen in those moments? Right? Beyond just sort of filling our, our stomach or getting through the day. So, God, we thank you for who you are, for your story. Lord, uh, gosh, forgive me. Lord, I get caught up in the wrong bread so often. But Lord, help us to long for that bread of life. Lord. Long for you, Lord, your moments, your divine. Lord, as we close out, I just pray your spirit would fall in this room. Touch the hearts where they need to be touched. Lord, awaken us. Awaken us to your majesty. Amen. Amen. Would you guys stand with us as we end in a time of worship?